Lord, as we consider this difficult passage of scripture today, open us up to your truth. Give us comfort and strength to meet the days ahead. Amen. Please be seated. Well, that was a fun one, wasn't it? (laughs) Here at St. Michael, our preachers are asked to submit a sermon title to the communications department as we get ready to let everybody know what's happening for the weekend. And sometimes that happens before we've actually done any work on the sermon. So for this week, I submitted the title, No Prep Defense. Now, This is in reference to Jesus's teaching that we just heard. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict you. That's pretty good. Earlier this week, I was joking with our formation staff about that title, wondering if people might make the connection with the title of the sermon and the Dallas Cowboys and their no prep defense. <laughs> Very closely related. Um, and Tiffany, our director of youth ministry, always quick on her feet, said, Does this mean you're, pre- you're preaching a no prep sermon? And so, um, yeah, uh huh. It, w- it was better when you said it. I know. I tried. I got one of two. That's pretty good. Well, I did do some prep for today, so don't worry. Um, I have been working on a, a book of sermons from Luke's gospel that come up on Sunday mornings and major feast days for a number of years. And so anytime that I come up upon a, a part of Luke that I haven't preached on, I'm always surprised. And last week and this week, I both had the same experience. Last Sunday, if you were here, we talked some about the second temple, the temple that was around during Jesus's life and ministry um, that is destroyed about 40 years after his death. And we hear in today's reading that Luke is telling us that some were speaking about this temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God. And then Jesus goes on to say, this beautiful temple will be shattered. And it is. Now, a simple reading of today's gospel might lead us to think that all of the difficult events and circumstances that are talked about in the passage, wars and insurrections, famines, earthquakes, signs from heaven, etc. A simple reading might lead us to believe that all those events occur between the time of Jesus's death and resurrection and the year 70 when the temple is destroyed. And the author Luke actually records many of these events in the book of Acts. But remember, Luke wrote these words after the year 70. He wrote them reflecting upon the reality of the world that he lived in, knowing that followers of Jesus would need these words for all generations. In today's gospel, we are actually told not to be terrified. Now, it might be easy to dismiss a passage like this about the end times as something that would have happened long ago to Jesus's early followers or to dismiss it as something that might happen in some unknown future time. And so we don't need to worry about it. But Jesus does tell us that these things will occur, even though we don't know when, and that Christians in every generation who faithfully follow Jesus as their Lord and Savior will face the risk of upsetting the status quo, the risk of being betrayed by those who love them, the risk of being persecuted for their faith. 
Now, if it seems like this bad news of the war's destructions and sickness and famine can't get any worse, Luke then makes it personal. He says, but before all of these things occur, they will arrest you. They will persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name, and they will put some of you to death. Now, I sincerely hope in my heart of hearts that none of you has ever experienced hatred, violence, or persecution because of the name of Jesus. But I do know that it happens. It happens all over the world. It's happened for the last 2000 years. It happens in places that don't really tolerate religious freedom. It happens in countries where the predominant faith is Hindu, Muslim, or atheism. And it happens here in Dallas happens all over our country as well. The most painful and confusing persecution that I have ever experienced in my life has come in and from the church. I was raised in a wonderful Episcopal church and I experienced a lot of encouragement on my faith journey and my Christian formation. But that same parish that I grew up at under the leadership of their Bishop at the time attempted to leave our denomination the very same week that my grandmother died. And as I flew back to my hometown to bury her, I did so with the knowledge that the church that raised me was no longer there to support me. It certainly added to the pain that I experienced that week. And I wish that was the only time the church had let me down. While I was in college, I experienced rejection from a bishop when I asked for more diocesan support to support the student ministry at Texas A&M. And two of my jobs in the church, first as a youth minister and later as a priest, I was told that I take my faith way too seriously and that I should calm down. <laughs> Here at St. Michael, just this past July, after preaching on the importance of having compassion for those who are trying to immigrate into our country, especially those 5,000 children that have been separated from their parents and guardians by our government. I was told by a few parishioners that I was wrong and that I needed to preach the law of the land. Now, these examples are not the same thing as having one's physical life threatened, but they were difficult situations for me that I faced because of my faith in Jesus. And I don't confuse any of these with signs that the end times are upon us. We have no idea when Jesus will return to set everything right. When we're frustrated and are alive and we experience different situations that are hard for us, it can be easy to make some offhand comments like, come Lord Jesus, come. And there's certainly days where I think, gosh, it would be really great if Jesus came back today. <laughs> but at the same time, there are a group of radicalized Christians who actually think that they can affect the timing of Jesus's return. These are the people who believe that, well, if the environment is destroyed, then certainly that will force God's hand to send Jesus back to us and save us. Or they'll say things like, well, if the world is destroyed by nuclear Holocaust, then God will simply rebuild it. Not only is this kind of theology wrong, Jesus repeatedly tells us that no one knows when he's coming again, except the father. This type of thinking is incredibly dangerous. But if you've ever wondered about Jesus's promises to return and think, gosh, it's been about 2000 years. Why is it taking so long? What's going on here? 
There's one thing for me, I hope, and I, I think it can um, pretty easily be expressed in, in one song lyric that I'll share with you in a moment. But I think for me, it's the hope that, that God is waiting for us, for you and I, to share our testimony with the whole world and so that all people can be invited into relationship with Jesus like we have. Dave Matthews Band says it best in a typical situation, we'll keep the big door open and everyone will come around. This passage that we encounter from Luke today sets the stage for us to think about the opportunities we have to testify about our faith and that we shouldn't work really hard to write a script. In fact, we're told to make up our minds now that we will do no preparation for that moment for what we will say. Now, usually when we're talking about our testimony, we are sharing an experience of God's healing in our life or of our abundant blessings, or perhaps of uh, the moment or the acknowledgement of our salvation. Those are the common testimonies that we hear from different people. So what kind of testimony as a follower to Jesus to give in the faith of death and destruction? Well, I think pretty clearly uh, what we hear from the passage today is that we are in the face of fear because of earthquakes or persecutions or violence or separation or whatever, that we have every right and responsibility and power to face that situation with courage. And that when we feel that we are at our weakest moment, of course, that is when God is strongest. And that's a testimony that we can get behind. So I'm wondering this week if... Waiting for an opportunity to feel persecuted to share your testimony might not be the way to go. <laughs> I'm wondering if you don't have to wait to sort of share your testimony, your relationship with God, with other people. What if you shared your story of Jesus with other people in settings of calm in the casual and ordinary experiences of everyday life? Not writing a script out, planning what you'll say but being open to the Holy Spirit's guidance for when and what to say. And here Jesus' promises. I will give you words and wisdom. There's nothing to worry about. All we need to do is to allow ourselves to accept those opportunities to testify that come before us really quite regularly. So practicing our no prep defense got it, is not only a great way to sort of prepare for these opportunities that come, uh, but literally one day our lives may depend upon it. But it's also a really important and powerful way that we can continue God's work of reconciliation in the world by sharing our story, our encounter with our Lord and inviting other people into that relationship. We continue God's plan for salvation we continue to provide hope to the downtrodden and we can make any disaster, any destruction with courage, with hope and with faith. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you great thanks for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, in whom we know health and salvation. Lord, we do pray that you would help us to open ourselves up to all of the opportunities we have to testify to your love for us to your salvation for us and for all people. We pray that you would give us those opportunities and help us to accept them. And we pray, Lord, that you would protect us from any fear that might lead us to
not be able to share with confidence the hope that we have in you. We pray all these things in his name. Amen.